What's up, everybody, and welcome back to For Real, your podcast about documentaries. I'm Special K. And I'm Matt. And here we go yet again. Matt, how are you, bud? Yeah, I'm doing pretty uh, I'm doing pretty good. I, uh, I'm in the midst of moving right now, which is always a, a, a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, uh, we're currently residing at my, my in-laws here for a bit. And uh, my wife has got this sweet setup with her computer and like multiple screens. So I'm trying to use that today. Kay's face has never looked, never looked bigger and, and more crystal clear for me. So it's been fantastic. So the room you're in now, this is your new studio here. Yeah. Uh, you, I presume that was your wife's childhood bedroom? Uh, no, no, that's across the hall. That's where my daughter is staying. Oh. This room, this room is much bigger, oh, uh, Okay. luckily. So no, no, we're not staying in my wife's childhood bedroom. Okay. All right. All right. Well, cool. That's a good little setup there. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing good too. I mean, not too much to report. Yeah. Just kind of you know, living life. Yeah. How's it being a, being a dad? Yeah. Doing, Be- the dad, doing the dad thing, not sleeping. It's great. It's yeah. Fantastic. I would say sleeping in shifts like firemen. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. I remember those days. I don't miss it. I do not miss it. Uh, yeah, but she's great. She's great though. I just hope she remembers and she picks, I hope she picks a good retirement home for me. That's all I ask. Uh, I expect my child to push me off up here as soon as I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> she, uh, she's got that look in her eye. Like she's, she's waiting to cash in her inheritance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just hope it's a halfway decent assisted living facility, you know, with the, yeah. there's like at least one like kind of nice nurse who like, feels bad for you. And sneaks, yeah. you, sneaks you extra jello or something. I mean, that's that's all you can hope for these days. Mix in with the uh, the other nurses that that yell at you and steal your pills. <laughs> but yeah, but let's uh, let's get into this week's episode here. So we are continuing our coverage of Netflix's new docu series, Worst Roommate Ever. Uh, today we'll be talking about episode two. But actually, before we do that, Matt, speaking yes. of roommates, have you ever had a bad roommate? So. I actually had a lot of roommates. Okay. Uh, I would say the worst one was a guy that I was living in the dorms. So we were suite mates. So we shared a kitchen and a bathroom, but we had our own separate bedrooms. Okay. And this guy was the most, and you know me, I'm not by any means like picky or like OCD about cleaning at all. But this guy was the most disgusting heathen on the planet. I mean, like he'd leave literally like food out for days. And like I tried to I tried to bluff him because I'm like, okay, this dude's waiting for me to pick it up. I'm not picking it up. So I just left it there. And we worked sw- we worked opposite shifts, so we barely saw each other. But I was like, I'm just gonna leave this here because eventually he's gonna crack. And the thing is, is that guy did not crack. Like I had to like what uh, whatever he had left out, I, I had to beat it to death after it had grown new life and then, <laughs> and then <laughs> clean off the dishes. But the worst, the very worst thing that piece, that piece of crap did to me is I went to him I, and I, I spotlessly cleaned the kitchen and the bathroom. And I said, listen, here's the deal. My dad is driving down from uh, Illinois because he wants to see me and he wants to see my dorm room and everything else. So all I ask is for the next I was like, I was like, he's coming tomorrow. So all I ask is that for the next two days, you just keep the kitchen clean. That's all I ask. I'm not, I'm not like, you know, I'm just, that's all I'm asking for. And he goes, yeah, man, cool. Obviously. So I got to work and uh, I come home 
I open up my room and I walk in and the first thing I smell, it's it like melting plastic. Mm-hmm. So I, I freak out. Cause I'm like something shorted, like maybe something melted. I, so I'm running around my room, just checking and I go into the kitchen and it looked like a bomb had gone off. All right. This guy, <laughs> I learned a valuable lesson that day. This fool had tried to boil eggs and he had fallen asleep. Oh. And apparently if you boil eggs for too long, they literally explode. <laughs> all right. So I had half melted egg shards stuck to my door. There was eggs in the ceiling. There was eggs on the walls, the floor. I mean, everywhere. It, it literally looked like, like, a, like a, a mine full of eggs had gone off in the middle of my <laughs> kitchen. And then after this happened, this asshole just went to sleep. And so I went, I banged on his door and I'm like, what? I... I asked for, for 48 hours. What the hell? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man, fell asleep boiling some eggs. They kind of exploded. Uh, yeah, I'll get to it like sometime today. And I was like, okay, counter proposal. Uh, my dad's coming in two hours. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to clean all of this. <laughs> You're going to go to the store, buy a candle. So this melted plastic smell is gone. <laughs> Or I'm going to go to the first sergeant and tell, tell him about how disgusting your room is. You <laughs> filthy, filthy animal. And he's like, damn, man, that's fucked up. I'm like, I was like, no. I was like, listen, I'm not even bluffing. You have two hours. And then I'm calling the first sergeant. And uh, yeah, he actually did it. Candle and all. Oh, but, wow. uh, but yeah, he, he literally had like knee deep trash in his room. I saw, I saw it at one point because I, he never kept the door open around me, but there's always a weird funky odor coming from there. But man, that guy was, that guy was nasty. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, speaking of, speaking of nasty, the only, the worst roommate I've ever had actually wasn't a person. It was a dog and it wasn't my dog. It was, okay. a, it was a roommate's dog. This dog was the devil. All right. It was, I mean, it was cute. It was nice. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a, an angry dog or like an aggressive dog. But it was so fucking mischievous. Like you could yeah. not. Like this dog knew how to open cabinet drawers. I think it could probably open the refrigerator. Like this dog was a menace. Okay. If you okay. left any type of carbohydrate in the house, the dog would find it and he would eat it. <laughs> like you didn't have a chance. Like there's no chance. Loaf of bread. Pack, I'm, I can't tell you how many times we'd go buy like hamburger buns or hot dog buns to grill out, and you turn on for a second. And the fucking bag's like empty because the dog just tore into it, ripped it, ate all the, mm. ate all the shit. All right. But that's not the worst thing this motherfucker ever did. This dog, this dog tried to drive a wedge between me and my roommate. All right. This was social terrorism. I, 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 I I'll explain. So one, one morning I wake up and my roommate comes to me and he's like, Hey man, like, like what's up? And I was like, nothing, man. Everything's good. We're cool. Like, but I, we hadn't been arguing or no, no, no tension, nothing. We're totally cool. He was like, no, man, for real. Like, why? Like, what's up? And I was like, nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, dude, I got to ask you something. He goes, hey, did you put shit in my shoe last night? <laughs> and I was like, what? what? He's like, dude, he's like, dude, there is a log of dog shit in my shoe. <laughs> did you put, did you put, did you put the dog shit in my shoe? And I said, I do. I don't, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I don't, I swear to right hand to God, I, have no clue. I honestly did. I've never done that. I never did that. So I was like, what? I was like, what's the fuck you talking about? And he showed me. And I'm not joking. Okay? This dog had 
strategically and precisely surgically <laughs> deposited a log of dog shit into his tennis shoe like perfectly it was remarkable oh. remarkable it's, uh, I, to this day i don't think he i think he thinks i did it but i swear i did i swear I listen did. i knew you when you were uh, I've, I've known i've known k here since the eighth grade during that time he's only had i think three roommates mm-hmm. all right but i knew this roommate and i knew that during that time frame, you were drinking a lot. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Is, it, yeah. It, is it possible you got drunk and took a shit in this man's shoe? No. First of all, he didn't accuse me of shitting into his shoe. <laughs> he accused me of placing, be. placing his dog shit. Listen, if I shit in his shoe that precisely, I would have taken credit for it. Okay? I would have been like... Fuck yeah, dude! I did that. Now you know my now you know my powers. So don't fucking push me. You know what I mean? Listen, that 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 is a power play. All right, if you if you, if you have a bad roommate and you take a shit in his shoe, that is a power play. And that you know what? Listen, I'm just gonna put it out there. If you do that, you're in charge. At that point, you're in charge of the house. I mean, what's the what's the counter to that? There's no there's no response. Like you won, you won. That's it. Yeah, that's the most alpha thing you could do. But um, no, no, he accused me of placing his dog's shit in his shoe. Um, and see, that'd just be weird. That wouldn't be funny. That's just weird. And no, and no, I mean, I, it was a, it was a, so it was, it was one of the few sober nights we had that summer. Yeah, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't anybody else. Like there was nobody else. We had no visitors that night. You usually had people over. Nobody was over that night. So the dog did it. I'm telling you right now, that fucking dog did it. I don't know how he did it. I don't know why he did it. Obviously, the dog was pissed at him about something. The dog wasn't happy either. I don't know what was going on. But Listen, that dog was a saint. I refuse dog, to believe that he that would do that. A, that dog was a menace. The dog was a fucking menace. It was cute. I remember. He was, nice. was a fucking menace. Your roommate tried to kind of kind of pawn him off in my direction at one point. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yes, uh, <he> did. <laughs> I said, no, no thanks, man. I already have two dogs. I read. Hold up. I lost you. Your internet is unstable. So. Oh, I got you. Okay, I got you back. I hear you. Bad internet continues to follow me wherever I go. <laughs> All right. Apparently. Must be a plate in your head. My superpower is to make the internet <laughs> shitty when whatever, wherever I'm heading. Uh, yeah, that dog almost came to stay with me at one point. My wife, who is just a saint, because she was like, oh, but you, you know, somebody has to take him. I'm like, no, no. We, we so what if we just take him for a while until we find him a home? And I said, That's what we did with the last dog, he's been here for five years. All right, <laughs> when are you gonna find him a home? <laughs> so, anyway, let's get into this documentary. Yeah, 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 yeah. F- uh, fuck that dog. No, it was a nice dog, but it was, just, <laughs> it was a menace. Um, anyway, so like I said, we're doing episode two today, episode two titled Be Careful of the Quiet Ones. It's 45 minutes long, and the synopsis on IMDb is quote, a quiet loner moves in with a college student and soon after she disappears. IMDb is really reducing these episodes. Yeah, they are. Uh... <laughs> They're reducing these episodes here. But anyway, okay, so this is the story. Uh, it occurred in like May of 2013 in California, in Orange, California. A, a lady named Maribel Ramos, she was an eight-year Army vet and she was enrolled at Cal State Fullerton pursuing a criminal justice degree. She put an ad on Craigslist for a roommate. Now that to me is, that's your first, that's your first misstep. That's your first misstep. I would never do that. Never do that. 
Have you ever bought something or interacted with somebody off Craigslist? Have you ever bought something on Craigslist or sold something on Craigslist? Besides Listen, your I besides besides your body? I was just gonna, I was going to say I know what you're thinking, and uh, no, I've never uh, sold the use of my butthole for <laughs> for private use. Uh, that's only for public no, use. That's for public use only. All right. <laughs> This is, I don't make money off this. I just do it for the love of the game. No, uh, I don't use Craigslist because if my, from what I understand about Craigslist is it's primarily used by perverts and serial killers. And since I'm not either, uh, mostly, I figure I'm going to stay off of it. Uh, I've, I've bought a few things on Craigslist before um, over the years. Like, I, it's one of those things that you kind of check in once in a while. Like if you need something, like, let me just check Craigslist, see if it's out there or whatever. If you don't need yeah. like, a good one or whatever. And first of all, it's a hellscape. Like it's just, it's just, <laughs> men- it's, it's just mentally ill people like trying to, <laughs> trying to like reach out, reach out into the world somehow, some way, you know, just fiending for human interaction. And uh, my experiences, I mean, personally, like if I've ever bought, like I've bought a few things have been fine. I guess the people have been mostly normal. I haven't been like killed or attacked. So, you know, I've, I'm like two that, for two. So that's pretty good. That's a super low bar. I just want to <laughs> say that, that, that you're, <laughs> that your breaking point is nobody's tried to attack me. Using this, <laughs> using this product is, is concerning at best. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. So Maribel here, she, she enlisted a, a roommate on Craigslist and uh, a man, an older man named casey joy is uh the guy who responded he ends up moving in and long story short obviously obviously like falls in love with maribel he ends up like maribel obviously isn't into him like that and so one thing that he does do that the, the sister maribel's sister is the one who's like interviewed mostly in this documentary and she says that casey got ten thousand dollars with a plastic surgery and a pretty badass tiger tattoo, if I do say so. Um, I liked it. Trying to impress Maribel. Uh, what did listen, you What did you think about his attempts? Are those is that misguided, or you think he was on the right path? Listen, personally, the tiger tattoo, I would have slept with them. That's a badass tattoo. The plastic surgery, I, I find most plastic surgery, with very few exceptions, tend to make people look kind of kind of crazy, uh-huh. like face face tattoo or like face uh plastic surgery mm-hmm. i feel like like botox and stuff like that it just makes your face look stiff it looks like somebody like put way too much detail onto like a ken doll it mm-hmm. just freaks me out i don't like it yeah uh, i think a lot of times you have like kind of like that uncanny valley kind of feeling where it's kind of like you can tell it's not natural you can just sense yeah. it although yeah. i will i will say this though his plastic surgery was pretty good I mean, it did, he did look younger. I mean, he did kind of still have like that plastic looking face. You know what I mean? But yeah, it did. If his goal was to look younger, I'd say he shaved at least five to seven years off. I mean, yeah, he looked younger. It didn't make him look less crazy, but <laughs> yeah, he, he sure looked younger. I would have been like, Hey doctor, uh, could you do something about my eyes constantly? Like, Make it look so I'm not, it looks like I'm not constantly glaring at people or staring into their soul. Can you do something about that? <laughs> what ends up happening is Maribel ends up having like a falling out with Casey. I believe it was over rent not being paid or something. Yeah. Um, 
Well, they became friends and, you know, they're like, she invited him out to parties with, with her family and like had him around, but he stopped paying rent. And she's like, Hey man, listen, like we're cool. We're friends, but you, you still got to pay rent. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't doing that. So she's like, you got to go. Yeah. And then, so 12 days prior to Maribel going missing, Maribel called 911 and just, she just wanted to document with the police that she was having problems with Casey and that, and that Casey was supposed to be out by the end of the month, but that she was afraid of him. I don't know. I don't know if they're fighting or something. I don't know, but she was becoming afraid of him and intimidated by him. And she wanted at the end of the call. I don't mean to laugh. because It's not funny because she was obviously terrified, but she says something to the long, along the lines of, if something happens, just know it was self-defense. So, so what we have here is a, case, is a clear case of premeditated self-defense. Yeah, you know what? So if you're that scared of your roommate, and it doesn't even sound like she was scared of him, it sounded like she was scared she was going to have to kill him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. My question is, she's got a sister. She's got a bunch of family in the area. Why wouldn't you just go stay with one of them until the end of the month? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the phone call to me, I mean, I, I, what it's like to me is you have two people who are having an argument and I think she wanted him gone, but she couldn't like make him leave. I don't know. Well, I, I would I mean, disagree. I would disagree. She clearly called it. The guy's a nutcase. But you said she had, she had other options. Like she could have left if she wanted to. I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying like, I, I don't know. It sounded to me like more of like that. Maybe it wasn't quite that serious yet. And she was like concerned that it could escalate, which as you stated, bingo. Um, yeah, guys, uh, spoiler alert, there's murder in this episode. <laughs> and so, yeah, so then Maribel ends up missing, going missing. And as the police point out in this, obviously the first person you're going to look at is the last person to have seen them, who just so happens to be the roommate. And Casey's alibi for the time period in which Maribel went missing is that he went for a drive. He went for an exactly one hour drive uh, during the time frame in which Mary Bell disappeared. Have you ever which heard is, a weaker alibi? I always have kind of, I, I kind of always have problems when people are like, oh, they don't have an alibi. And I always think, well, somebody said to me like, well, that's a terrible alibi. I'd be like, listen, if I knew somebody was going to get murdered or a crime was going to be committed, I'd make sure that I was around people. But like, I personally, I'm not very social. I like to go out. I like to interact with people, but I also like my alone time. So if I talk to you and suddenly you go missing, then they're like, well, uh, what were you doing? I, well, I was watching Netflix and, you know, probably sitting See, around with my pants off. See, but that's verifiable. See, the thing with him saying, I left, I went for a drive for an hour. It's like, Where'd you go? Nowhere. What were you doing? Just driving. Yeah, that, that, that is, is that something weird. Is that something you do? I mean, I would ask, like, is that something you do often? Do you often go for drives, like random drives? And it just so happened you went for one of these random, pointless, no destination in sight kind of cruises the night your roommate goes. I mean, so it's immediate red flag. That's why the cops like zeroed in on him and pretty much stuck to him. I mean, they interviewed like everybody, ex-boyfriends, romantic interests, everybody. I mean, they did a thorough job, but like, you could tell from the jump, Casey was their, their target. I mean, he was their suspect. Mm-hmm. Aside with the alibi, as they point out here in the documentary, 
all of a sudden Casey, who is, he's a, he's an Asian guy. I think, I think he was an immigrant to the country, but I think he came over when he was very young. Yeah, he's like, the they said he was a very young child. Okay. So one thing they noted is that he didn't have much of an accent. Like he had a pretty just plain English, understandable, good grasp of the English language kind of, kind of conversational skill. And all of a sudden, and you, you see it on the interview he does, all of a sudden, he just like, he, he really plays like the, I don't understand English very well. His, his, the sister said that he developed like this fake, this entirely fake accent to try, to try to play stupid, which again, like not a smart move. That's something that's you can demonstrate is you lying. Yeah, yeah you, can, you can check that out. You can look that up. Yeah, I mean, you're, uh, they're going to tell people who know you and they're going to be like, oh yeah, Casey's, yeah, he's totally, he understands the English just fine. What are, you, what are you talking about? The other thing I'll say, one thing he did do that was slick, and I don't, this was really slick. So one thing the detective noticed during his interview is that Casey had scratches all over his arms and they showed like the photographs and stuff of his arms. And these, stretch, these scratches were, I would say substantial. I mean, they weren't like festering wounds, but they were, it was, he had substantial in in size and number all over his forearms. Okay. Oh yeah. He looked rough. I mean, and anybody who's watched 30 minutes of true crime, anything knows that those look like defensive wounds. You know what I mean? Like, it's like somebody was, somebody was trying to scratch him because he was doing something, you know, that's what those look like. Yeah. So this guy though, his slick ass, he makes up this, Oh, I don't know if he makes it up though. I guess that's up for interpretation, but, or for debate. He says the scratches came from a thorn bush next to some lake in a park where he goes, where he collects fishing lines sometimes. Like, I guess it's like clean up the environment or something. And he told the cops exactly where on the lake, exactly where this bush was. And they went there and the cops said, yeah, there was definitely a bush there that could have caused those wounds. Um, Which, yeah, I mean, that was pretty slick on his part or maybe not slick. Who knows? Uh, I was like, I guess that's, that's feasible. Um, I, on the other hand, like I would say some of those scratches look a little wide for a thorn, but mm-hmm. Like almost, well, if you think about it, they look almost fingernail length, like fingernail <laughs> width. Yeah. You know? Well, and like, how committed are you to getting fishing line out of a fucking bush when it's scratching you up that bad? I can yeah. see having a couple scratches, but I mean, to be like, oh, I got, I got to get this fishing line out of this bush, and yeah. just to go in there continually, I mean, to scratch up your arms like that. I mean, this come guy, on, this guy had to be committed. Yeah, this guy like, was committed, and eventually legally. <laughs> and so. Um, then, but then, and the other thing too, is like, so he's so slick, right? He's so slick with that. Cause that was like in the moment, right? He, I don't think he had that plan. He was able to do that in the moment. So that to me is like, then why was your, I went for a drive alibi so weak. Like you had time to think of that one. You had all kinds of time to think of that. Why didn't you, why didn't you come up with something better than the drive thing? If you can do that on the fly, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, guys I, don't know. I, I guess you could say like, like to make it sound better, like, oh, I was fighting with my roommate. So I just kind of went for a drive. So that like, although I guess that brings in the fact that you're fighting with your roommate. Yeah, then you're admitting you're fighting so, with your roommate. Yeah. I mean, how, however, I mean, what are you going to say? I was napping. That's what I would say. I'd say I was in my yeah. room. I don't know where she went. I heard her leave or heard, I think, I think she left. I, I don't know. I, I, you, you, you know, do you, you go find a prostitute, you pay her and you say, listen, tell them I was here between seven and eight. And then you go to the police and be like, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to admit to committing a crime here. Just because I don't want you to think I did this. Oh, you say I was slick. with this prostitute between seven and eight. That's and slick. then they go find her and she's like, 
yeah, you bust me 38 times. It's not a big <laughs> deal. Christ, I'll, I'll get, I'll, I'll pay off the ticket and you can let me back. You let me go. I mean, all right. So, but then obviously comes his downfall and he, so they, they let him go. Like he doesn't get arrested right away. They let him go. And they kind of, you know, they continue their investigation. They look into his past and they contact his sister who said he had a really bad temper. Like he has a history of, of, of anger issues or whatever. And they end up getting enough to basically determine that well, they got to they're gonna track this guy. Like, they're going to follow him. So they put a 24-7 detail on him to keep track of his, his whereabouts. And this internet age, man, this is how, we're, this is how you're catching murderers now is on the internet because he does two yep. things. He fucks up two ways. First off, on Facebook or something, he's like posting comments on news stories and people's posts about Maribel missing. And he refers to her in the past tense. So this guy is yep. first busted by the grammar police um, because yeah. he refers to her in the past tense at all of his posts, or I guess in some of his posts, which is a red flag you know, to the police. Although at that point, she'd been missing for like almost two weeks, I think. So I think it'd be pretty normal for somebody to kind of assume the worst, right? I don't know, man. I think that you, you need to play the grieving roommate as much as possible. Be like, yeah, we had our problems, but I really cared about her. I, I hope she's okay. I pray that she's alive every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, or personally, I would just stay off the internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would just not comment. Like, so, so social media is not a good a good plan. Yeah, and then and then. So when he goes to the library, he borrows, he checks out a laptop is how he's like accessing the internet and stuff. So he's using a public laptop and the cops are able to in real time, see what he's doing on this computer. And he has some suspicious ask Jeeves searches about like, (laughs) about like what, um, like cell phones, like they have to be turned on to be tracked, that kind of stuff. How long does it take a body to decay? So he's at, so he, he's looking up these like obviously very suspicious and damning questions on the internet. But as the cops point out, like there's not necessarily in and of itself an indication of guilt because just a curious person could also ask those questions, right? I mean, you can uh, say, I don't know. I think that's pretty. I I think I think they should have. Uh, should have locked him up after that Google his after that Google search. I'm gonna be honest. No cops, innocent person Googles that. Well, that right? unless, you're, cops, unless you're writing a report, there's no reason to Google that. Well, I think the cops said like they in their mind is like it wouldn't be unreasonable for a a roommate who is missing their their missing roommate um, to like wonder like how they could find her or like if she is dead, like what are the chances they could find her body recover her body so i mean i guess what they're saying is it's very suspicious but it's not in and of itself i mean it's kind of like a totality of circumstances here and it's they're building the case but what he did the what he did that was incredibly stupid and again he wouldn't have he didn't know he was being watched on the computer but essentially her sister organizes like a memorial walk or not a memorial walk because they didn't know if she was dead or not but like an awareness walk um through like this canyon through this park nearby and he sees online that this is being organized. And then he goes to Google Maps and to see where like this walk is going to take place. And then he suspiciously zooms in to a specific tree in that park, like in a canyon in that park. And then he immediately like deletes his search history off the laptop. So the, the cops 
without even like thinking about it, like, all right, we're going to go right over there. So they go to where he zoomed into. And sure enough, that is where they found her body. It's exactly where he zoomed in on Google Maps. They, they didn't say, was she buried? I think she was out in the open. They made it seem like, because because when like the helicopter news footage they were showing, it, they had like the tarp just over the dirt. So oh, yeah. I, I don't know if they, to me, it sounded like that she was kind of probably just like out there, I guess. I don't know. So not good. Not yes, good. That's not that's good. pretty that's pretty rough. That's yeah. pretty rough evidence. Yeah, that's not good. So uh obviously then when they found the body, they you know went to go arrest him. And they said when they went to his house, uh, when they he saw them like at the front door, he tried jumping out of a side window or something and immediately was asking, like, what evidence is there? Like, what evidence do you have um, yeah. that I that I did something? So he does go. You know, he is charged with the murder and he goes to trial and he's convicted. He gets 15 years to life. And one thing that I thought was surprising about the trial or the conviction, and the prosecutor even admitted this, is that there was no physical evidence uh, tying him to the murder. It was all circumstantial. Yeah, I mean, listen, shaky, but... it was strong circumstantial evidence. I don't yeah. know how much stronger you can get. Like this is the, like, this is the strongest case based on all circumstantial evidence that I've ever heard of in my entire life. Uh, just because like, usually you'd say if there's no DNA, if there's no physical evidence, then it leaves a lot of room for doubt. But the circumstantial evidence, I'll agree, is so damning that it's like, well, this is plenty to prove that he did this. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty damning evidence. I mean, you, you, you zoom in on the, on the spot where the body is at. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, pretty hard to argue i guess you could say there must have been somebody else using my login information because i was going for a one-hour car ride at the time (laughs) but uh that's pretty pretty rough yeah and just a little follow-up here so according to an article on newsweek casey joy uh, who's 63 years old is currently incarcerated at the correctional training facility in soledad california he has requested a retrial and it has always been denied. Um, I guess his defense is that she may have died of a medical condition or, or might have committed suicide and that Casey disposed of the body in panic. So his argument is that he just didn't know what to do. She died. He knew what to do. He was scared. So he got rid of the body, I guess is what his, his, his story is at sentencing. He refused to apologize. In fact, I got a quote here from him. He said, quote, family wants me to apologize, which I cannot apologize for something I haven't done. Maybe someday the truth will come out. Maybe I'll just die in prison, end quote. Um, he is eligible uh, for parole. I wonder if he said that with his fake-ass accent. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. But I, I did just find an article myself. It said she was buried in a shallow grave. Okay, all right. But the reason there's no physical evidence is because the body had been out for 12 days and it's outside of LA. So, you know, it's hot as hell out there. I mean, after 12 days, the body was pretty much decomposed. Yeah. That's, that's weird. I mean, or he- yeah. heavily decomposed. I'm sure animals were at it and everything else. Yeah, that's true. Casey is eligible for parole as of this month, April, 2022, um, having served just nine years of his sentence. And he's currently writing a book, which is titled suspect guilty until proven innocent. It yeah. has not yet been released. So 
one of, one of the quotes early on that Maribel's sister says is that her mom had this saying of you have to be careful of the quiet ones, which is where this episode gets its title from. Do you think that's necessarily true or what's your take on that quote? I think it's, if that was, if that's the case, my stepfather is a serial killer. <laughs> uh, you, you've met him. He's a man of few words. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think being quiet is like a damning piece of evidence. Some people just don't like talking very much. Mm-hmm. That's true. And look, sometimes it's the loud ones are trying to like, you know, because they're yeah, trying I'll, to like distract you from how crazy they are. I say, I, I think, uh, I don't think the amount you talk is a, a good, good measuring bar for how likely you are to kill somebody. <laughs> so I think the guy's guilty, I guess. Um, do you think that there could be any merit to his defense that, well, I mean, it, you know, it, there's always the possibility. Sure. How I, in this world, you can't, there's never a hundred percent certainty that this guy killed her. Maybe he was zooming in and he just happened to stop at that point. I was on Google maps today, showing my kids something where you can zoom in. You better, hope, like that. you better hope there wasn't a body yeah. there. You better hope, hope there wasn't a body there. Yeah, I hope there wasn't a stiff where I landed on because <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to go to jail. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he, I think he's guilty. Clearly, yeah. Yeah. to me, he's guilty. But you know, there's there's always a one in a million chance that he's just the most unlucky bastard on the planet. Well, and there's just there's just so much. Like I said, like it's what's, what's crazy to me about this case is how. At times he seems so slick, and at other times he seems so reck—not like reckless, but just so stupid. Like this, the alibi thing, weak. And then, like at one point when they're doing the search of the residence after she first goes missing, they're searching the residence and they can't get a hold of him like anywhere. They can't get a hold of him, and yeah. it turns out he's sitting outside in a car, like down the block from the residence, and he's just watching them search the house through binoculars for like an hour and then he just gets out and walks up to them i i didn't i don't know man he he had a lot of behaviors that i was like yeah he's up to he he did something or he knew something or maybe maybe she did die maybe she just something happened people die from weird things all the time brain aneurysm uh, that's a that's a death sentence from day one you know it could just any day it could just happen mm-hmm. or something like that but i mean i think he did it all right, so I need two yeah. ratings from you again this week. First one, one through six beers. How many beers would you need to watch this episode again? Okay, um, I'd say, I'd say a one. Okay, or zero. I think, I think so far it's this the series is is staying strong. I'm kind of thinking. I don't know. I don't know about the rest of these. I haven't looked into them too much. But I, I feel like it can't get any crazier than the first episode. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of like, maybe they should save that for the end. Just like a big finale, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think they started off strong. And now it's like, well, I mean, yeah, I get a... I feel like a, one roommate murdering another roommate's not not overly unusual. Yeah. No, I, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. I would also... Uh, I'd want like two beers, maybe. I mean, this one... It was not, not, not as good as the last one. I feel, I, listen, I feel bad when we, we do these sometimes because it's like this is a story of how a woman was murdered. But I, I guess so. I, I don't want to say like her, her, her murder was boring, but her murder was boring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, and, and 
and the documentary like there's from from the beginning like it's you you know what it is there's no mystery to it you know what i mean you know it's gonna be that guy you just gotta see how they piece together how they piece it together wasn't incredibly inventive or creative or shocking it's just kind of like this guy got sloppy and he got caught like it's it's kind of like a I don't know, kind of like a whatever story, you know. And I, I feel like bad. I feel bad saying that, but I don't think I don't. I think you should feel bad. I I'll mean, try to. If I ever get murdered, I hope it's entertaining at least. I'll, I'll make. I'll, I'll. I'll make something up so it sounds entertaining. And and then the second thing I need from you is how many beers would you need to continue watching the series? Uh, zero. I think. Okay. I, I really like. I said. I really hope that uh, the rest of these aren't just like. Oh yeah, there's this roommate, and they were super shitty. Uh, and then they killed him. Like I, I hope they, you know, it's it's some something a little bit more unusual. Like I said, the first one, you know, it's like you're looking for this guy, and suddenly they find out this crazy old lady murders seven people, mm-hmm. which is which is shocking and like, oh my god, that's crazy. This one was not particularly crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more just sad. Exactly. That's not, exactly. This is a sad story, but it wasn't particularly gripping. Yeah. I guess. I guess. I'm going to want one beer to watch. I mean, I'm going to watch spoiler alert. We're watching every episode, but I, yeah. I would, I guess a beer because like, like it's on notice. Like this, uh, this docuseries is on notice. Like this episode was a little bit of a letdown. It was kind of just sad. It wasn't, like I said, very intriguing, but. And it, like, like this said that they didn't get anything off the body or anything else. It was just this guy using Google, like an idiot. Mm-hmm. If you would have just stayed off the damn computer, they never would have caught him. <laughs> Yep, I mean, that's that's true, or, or it would have been very unlikely they would have. Right? The computer yeah. stuff is what killed him. I mean, that, that's what destroyed everything for him. I mean, he yeah. had weak ass stories, and they still couldn't pin him. It wasn't until the computer stuff is when they actually got him. So yeah, he um, he fucked himself. I I think he did. I think he he did a he completed a, a very well done murder, and then was then fucked himself in the yeah. long run. Yep, sabotage, self sabotage. But yeah, so that is episode two. Uh, of worst roommate ever catch it on netflix as always make sure you guys check out our uh, socials facebook twitter twitter's at for real pod subscribe rate and review wherever you get your podcasts you know share this uh, with your roommates if you have one hopefully you guys are on good terms and you actually if you give them this to listen to say hey you should listen to this and watch these documentaries it's kind of like a nudge of like hey like i got my fucking eyes on you buddy you know what i mean like don't try any shit let them know you're watching them. Uh, thank you to our viewers. If you like what we have to say, pass it along. If you don't like what we have to say, pass it along. Any complaints or thoughts or input, uh, email us to cancel the podcast, cancel the podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. See that? <laughs> it only took 38 episodes. <laughs> anyway, I'm Special K. And I'm Matt. And we'll see you guys next time. Later!